All right. Well, good morning. Listen, everybody decided to go on vacation this week. So we're a little shorthanded. They're like, hey, that's the guy that just did offering. It's okay. It's okay. We're a little shorthanded this week because everybody is enjoying their vacation. Amen. I wish that I was enjoying my vacation. But listen, when COVID started, we were about to go to, to Disney World. And it, it, I was really bummed. But we got the opportunity to reschedule and we get to go at a better time when it's not going to be hot. How many of y'all just, listen, I don't like the hot. Can you raise your hand if you don't like the hot? All right. These are my people. These are my people. All right. I don't like the hot. As a matter of fact, like sometimes my kids, you know, they want to go outside and they want to play and stuff like that. And we've kind of got cabin fever and, and, and stuff like that. And I've, I've just been thinking, I'm like, no, listen, that's a punishment for me. You know, Rachel will come in and she'll be like, why are the kids outside? And I'm like, I don't know. They open the door. And if they want to go into an oven, then let them go into an oven. You know what I mean? It's fenced in. I'm going to stay here. We got a new swing for our back patio. And listen, I just don't love the hot. I don't want to be hot. I don't want to be anything of the sort. And so, um, I just like to, I like to stay, I don't know where I'm going with that. That's a, that's a rabbit that I, I'm chasing because I'm uh, miserable about being hot, right? Um, we started a, a, a series about the book of Galatians last week, and if, you're, if you were not here, I encourage you to go back and listen to that podcast, or you can watch the message or something like that, but we're going we're gonna to be diving into the book of Galatians for the next couple of weeks and kind of breaking it apart and seeing what we can learn from that. And so if you have your Bibles this morning, God's in the back, don't bring up the scripture just yet. Just go ahead and get to, the, to Galatians 1 if you have your Bibles in here. Um, I decided to preach this kind of on the hills of our 12-stone vision update and stuff like that so that we can, we can see where we're at and we can kind of learn how to get there. Because when, when we have the vision set in front of us, we look at it and, and it's easy to say, hey, that's not a big vision for God because God, who is able to do immeasurably more, right? Um, so it's not a big vision for God, but to us, it's God's given us a big vision. And, and so I believe that in order to, to reach that vision that God's given us, we've got to learn a couple of different things. And, and one of the things is that we have to get really good at, at, at the Great Commission, right? And the Great Commission is found in uh, Matthew 28, Jesus commands, all of his people to go into all the world and make disciples. And my friends, I want to tell you this morning that that starts with you sharing the gospel. That starts with you opening your mouth and sharing the, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so Galatians helps us with that because it's an entire book that's breaking down the gospel. Paul gets into this in all six chapters, saturated with the good news and the gospel and how we can proclaim it to the world. And also, there's a couple of things. We're going to be talking specifically about what Christ has done to set us free and how we can live in that freedom in our current day-to-day -day lives. We can live in the freedom and the peace that he offers. And so with that in mind, we're going to dive in to Galatians 1. We'll pick up in, in verse 10 right now. Paul says, for, I, for am I now seeking the approval of men or God? Or am I trying to please men? For if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Man, he just jumps right off into it, right? We, we learn that Paul did not start this letter kind of the way he normally does with all of his thanksgivings and, and stuff like that. Have you ever just read one of Paul's letters and you're like, he spends 18 chapters just thanking God for these people, right? Like, this is amazing. That is not what he's done here. He said, hey, we got to, we got to talk about some things. We're going to get right into it. And so I would really encourage you guys... Um, if you did not catch last week, go back, listen to that. You don't necessarily need it to, to hear today's message, but it does lay down a lot of the foundation that we will be building over on the, uh, on the next couple of weeks. So um, it, it's kind of the foundation for the, the entire series. But we, uh, 
We talked at length last week about the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and that when you and I were spiritually dead in our sin, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, did for us what we could never do for ourselves, right? He he came to rescue us. He stepped off the throne of heaven, came in flesh, right? And and he lived a life that we couldn't live. He died a death that we deserve. Then he rose from the dead three days later to deliver us from that sin, to deliver us from that death. And, and, And look, he did all of that not because we earned it or not because we deserved it, he did all of that because he's a gracious God. He, he loves us and he wants to be with us. In his kindness, he decided to save sinners like us. Amen? And, and, and so here's kind of a little recap of last week. Uh, first of all, I want you to understand that when it comes to the gospel and it comes to this story, all of the glory goes to him. All of the glory goes to him. He accomplished it. And last week, we started to kind of break this open, how Paul, the author of Galatians, he writes this letter to churches. He writes this letter to Christians, to people that believe in God. He is not writing to spiritually dead people or, or, or people that have not heard. This is not his first rodeo here in the church of Galatia. He, he's writing to correct them, right? They're already Christians. Um, On his first missionary journey, we learned that he went to Galatia. He planted a bunch of churches. And then a short time after he left, there were a group of people that come in and they just started just doing false teachings. They started telling these churches, these these. Believers, first of all, you got to understand these would be Gentile believers, which if, if, if you don't know that term, if you haven't grown up in church, basically that means non-Jewish believers, right? And they, they came in, they're like, hey, Paul, the, the, listen, the gospel that Paul shared with you is not all of it, right? So Christ did do this good work. He does deserve the glory. He, 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 he's saying that All of this is true, but in order to receive that, you have to be positioned to a place to receive that. And specifically what they are saying is if you want to be a follower of Christ, you have to get circumcised, right? There's some stuff that you need to do. That's what this group of people were doing to this church. And and, uh, they're they're coming, they're telling these people that, hey, if you really want to accept that, you have to do this. You You have to have faith in Jesus plus something. And so we learned that last Sunday, surprisingly, the Galatians were buying into this. They were believing what these false teachers were coming and they're claiming. And and, and so Paul writes this letter to call them out. And and I want us to kind of think about this while while we read through this and, and go unpack this today. It sounds really funny when we're reading this story and we're reading Paul and, we're, and when we're seeing that, hey, you've so quickly deserted the gospel that I preach for a gospel that someone else preached that is really no other gospel. And we look at this from hindsight with 2020 vision. We're like, man, that is crazy. Why would they do that? Why, but why do we have to have a letter of Paul saying, hey, why would you want to believe that gospel? But friends, listen to me. We do this all the time as Christians. We, we do this all the time. We get, we get just a, a little messed up or we start to hear this or we start to feel this and, and, and we start to get to where we're trying to work for our Christianity rather than just loving Jesus and pressing into Jesus and letting him change us, let him do good work in us. Amen. I, I, and that's why I, I think a lot of people, they, they are just stuck. You know, they're, they're stuck in their sin. They're stuck in, in this. And, and listen, I feel like this is for someone today. Your sin is not the thing that you can't get over. It's the idea that you have about your sin. It's the idea that I'll never get past this. I'll never get through this. And, and listen, we serve a faithful God who paid it all for your sin. And so if you're struggling with something today, I just want you to be set free in the fact that Jesus 
paid a full price for you. He paid it all. It's done. We can walk around in that freedom and we can love Jesus and we can let him change and impact our life because he has positioned us to be able to be changed, not ourselves, not our own work, you know? And, and so Paul's saying, hey, hey, look, um, the gospel isn't Jesus plus all these other things. It's not Jesus plus circumcision. It's not Jesus plus the law, good behavior, church attendance. Uh, the gospel is just Jesus, his life, his death, his resurrection, and that's it. What that means for you and me is just amazing news. And then in verse 10, Paul says, in light of that news, I want to pose a couple of important questions. And we would all do well to wrestle with this stuff today, right? The two questions are these. Whose approval am I seeking and who am I trying to please? Whose approval am I seeking and who am I trying to please? These are, uh, these are important questions because Paul says very, very clearly in the scripture that we read that if we're trying to please others, then we are not pleasing Christ. We are not being a servant of Christ and a servant of others. Now, listen to me, church. That doesn't mean that we as Christians do not serve others because that's what, uh, you know, will be taken away from this, right? I could hear the emails, Pastor Josh uh, calling me when he gets back. Hey, did you tell people that we don't need to be loving and serving? No, no. We need to love people. We need to serve people. Jesus himself did that exact thing. And if anybody, right, if anybody has the right to say, I'm not going to serve you, it was Jesus, right? And he came and he served us. So it's not that we're not supposed to serve people, but we're not supposed to serve them only. We're not supposed to serve what they think, their opinions. We're not supposed to serve all that. And what he's saying is that you're living to be people pleasers, not God pleasers. If you're living for the praise and approval of others, then you're not living for the praise and approval of God because you're worried about what they think instead of what he thinks. And, and that's what these Judaizers were doing. They're preaching this false message. They're getting these, uh, these Christians in Galatia to, to believe in it. And, and then um, for some reason, they do believe in it, right? And, and you start to look at this and you see a group that, that feared man more than they feared God. They, they feared acceptance more than they feared God's, they, they feared man's opinion more than they fear God's opinion. And, you know, we still see this all the time now. Um, in our current world, in our current state, we see that people are still trying to please man over God, right? And as a result, the, the church in Galatia, they bought what these dudes are selling, right? It sounds funny to us reading this because we're like, why would they believe that? You know, this is, this is crazy, but they were believing what they were saying, and so they're buying this hook, line, and sinker. And I wonder, I wonder today, I, I just got to thinking, like, how many of us are doing similar things in our own lives? How many of us are, are living for, God's or get, for man's opinion over God's opinion? How many of us, you know, have let our own opinions kind of get in there and cloud what, what Jesus has called us to do. And, and, and listen, that might be you. Your greatest desire may be to please people or to get the approval of others. But because of this, what often happens and what I see happen is when we're starting to look for that approval, we start to uh, compromise little things. We start to compromise our faith. We start to compromise our beliefs, our convictions, you know, and, and every once in a while, you kind of got to, you got to make sure that you're still on the right path and you can look back at the gospel and the things that God's called you to do. And that's a, this is what Paul's doing. He's saying, hey, listen, don't get distracted by this. Don't believe this because this cannot save you. This can save you. And what I need you to do is get back in line with this. And that's what I want to do this morning. If you're, if you're kind of getting off center, I want to put you right back on that line through the gospel, right? Um, 
because I can tell you the, the solution to that, the solution to pleasing and, and living for others' approval is the gospel. It's found in the gospel. Seeing what price that, that Jesus paid for you, the, the amount of love and the amount of, of passion and faithfulness that went into our own salvation, that is the solution. Let me tell you how it works. I, I kind of touched on this last Sunday, but... Um, 2,000 years ago, right, Jesus came, came to the cross, came in flesh, he put on sin, right? The, Paul talks about that, that he became sin because God took all of the sin that was on you, put it on Jesus, poured out the, the wrath and the punishment that was meant for you. He poured it out on his own son. So listen, Jesus paid it in full. If you don't get anything else out of this, get that Jesus paid for you in full. He ransomed you for your sin, and I want you to know that. And he did it not so that we could be bound up by legalism and and all these rules. He did it so that we could be free. You see, I think a lot of the times we look at Christianity backwards. We look at Christianity as being the thing that, okay, I was living my life, I got saved, and then now I just got a bunch of stuff I can't do anymore. Let me, let me tell you, look back at what your life was like before Jesus. I remember what my life was like before Jesus. It was a mess. It was, it was full of depression. It was full of anger. It was full of bitterness. It was, it was full of loneliness. It was, man, I would not ever want to go back. I would not ever want to go back. And, and, and so he has set you free. He set you free because he wanted to. Um, I want you to think about this with me, if you would. Just go there in your mind. If you know that God is pleased with you, what does it matter what anyone else thinks? Right? If God is pleased with you, then why does it matter? And so Paul is going at this head on, right? He, he says, Hey, Judaizers, you're a bunch of false teachers. And then he said to the Galatians, I love you, but you're a bunch of fools for turning away from the true gospel to this gospel plus model that the Judaizers are trying to. He, he, he's saying, I love you, but you need to wake up to the reality of what you're doing. He says to his audience, I need you to understand that the gospel I preach is not man's gospel. No one set me down. No one explained it to me. No one showed it to me what it was. So when I came and shared it with you, I didn't share an opinion from people. I shared the gospel from from my own experience. And we know Paul's experience was really different. It was really impactful. It was really cool the way he was called and we'll get to that in just a little bit. But he's saying that I share the gospel with you, not to please you, but to please Jesus Christ because he paid a great price to me. He's the one that revealed this to me. He's the one that revealed himself to me, that called me. And as he shares this, we can find this in verse 13 if you want to go there with me. It says, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure. I tried to destroy it and progressed in Judaism above many of my equals in my own heritage, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who set me apart since I was in my mother's womb and called me by his grace, to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the nations. Um, Just that's the main part of this, but I do want to go ahead and put this in there and I want you to kind of keep it in the back of your head. It, It goes on to say, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but instead I went to Arabia and returned back to Damascus. And so what Paul is doing there is he's reminding us of his story. He's reminding us who he used to be, what happened to him. But he's also saying that, look, all of this was not figured out because somebody told me about it. 
This is important because he's going to these people and he's saying, I know that I told you about something, and then these guys told you about something, but what I told you about was not told to me by somebody. It was revealed to me through Jesus Christ and his grace when he found me and he called me. Now listen, this is Paul. He, he's like the most zealous Pharisee. He's, he's killing Christians. And then, then listen, I'm sure on the road of Damascus when he was, when he was found by Jesus, how many of y'all know that when that first started, he, he was probably like, oh man, I don't have time for this. Like, I'm on a mission from God, right? I'm on a mission to snuff this cult out that's happening, and then he gets impacted by Jesus. And then he says, it pleased God to call me. It's a total 180 from Paul right there. He, he, he's, he's living one life, and then when Jesus called him, he totally lived another, and because of the way he was called, he's now saying, that, listen, no dude taught me this. Nobody taught me this. Um, Paul's reminding his readers, hey, <laughs> I'm not who I used to be. Can we give God praise this morning that you're not who you used to be, right? I'm not who I used to be. Um, I'm not who I want to be either. You know, you could ask my kids and my wife. They'll, I'm sure that my wife would be like, he's awesome, but I, I, I know that I'm not where I want to be, but I know that I can press further. And I know that Jesus, through him, through his power, I know that he's still working in me. I know that he's still taking me there. I know that it's still a journey. And that's what Paul is saying to them. And, and honest, if we were all going to be honest with ourselves, I wonder, are, are any of us where we want to be yet? But, but you can be, <laughs> Because Jesus will take you there. Um, Paul's saying, listen, you're not who you used to be. Praise God you're not who you used to be, right? I, I, I started thinking about how I was this church kid and how I grew up in church. And, and I shared with this, you know, I was involved in everything. I was involved in ministry from a young age. And, and uh, honestly... Can I just be truthful with you? I thought that God loved me enough to keep me out of hell, right? But then I thought that at any given point that I mess up, he's just waiting there dangling it, right? Yeah, like, like here's your salvation, buddy. You better not. You better not even think of it, right? You better not even think about this. And, and can I tell you how much fear I lived in and how much, how much just... Man, I was bound by that because what I thought was not lining up with what Jesus was doing and what he, was, he, what he did for me through the gospel. And so I, I, I grew up being scared. I grew up very bound and I was always thinking that I was one mistake from him taking away that salvation. And, and so I thought it was my job to do all these like churchy, religious things to earn uh, my salvation or to please God and to appease God, right? Because God is this, this mean God that wants to sacrifice. And I remember growing up like that. I spent years of my life doing that, um, living under the, the weight of guilt and shame. Because how many of you know that, that it's really hard to let God move in your life when you're, you're scared of God? And so I didn't let God set me free from sin. I didn't let, let God come in and change my heart. I, I started just thinking of him as totally what he wasn't. And what always happened is I, I, I sat there and I'm like, I wonder if God's pleased. I'm wondering if I'm doing enough, if I'm saying enough, if I'm, t if I'm singing loud enough, if I'm doing enough ministry, if I'm serving enough people, if I'm loving enough people, right? But, but listen, doesn't that sound like a far cry from the gospel? The, the gospel that Jesus came to set you free from, and, and now we're living it bound? We're living it, we're living it from, this, from this point of, man, this is, this is a burden now. And I've talked to Christians, and I've seen Christians, and they're like, man, I just can't keep up with that. And it's because... They believed a gospel distortion. They believed some false teachings so that Jesus, 
plus, right? At one point in my life, I walked away from God altogether. I walked totally away. Didn't, uh, I, at one point, I actually got to the point where I, I didn't even believe that God was real because I was like, if God's real, then, then he is absolutely awful. <laughs> if I'm just going to be honest with you, if, if I can be honest today, I was like, because the God I read about in the Bible is not my experience. And I'm like, so either this guy doesn't exist or something's wrong. And as I, as I grew up and as I got older, man, I got into depression and, and just this funk. And then Jesus found me and he came after me. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget when I, when I rededicated my life to, to God. I'll never forget what I was doing. I'll never forget where I was. I'll never forget it because Jesus found me and he revealed the truth of his gospel to me. And, and listen, here's what really changed in me is that the God of the universe doesn't love me and accept me because of who I am and what I've done. He loves me and accepts me because of what Christ did for me to position me to be in right standing with God, right? Listen to me. Here's the thing. If you know Christ today, that can be your story, right? Like, right, maybe there's some people here and, and, and you're like, man, I know Christ, but I don't feel like that's my story. It can be your story. We just gotta, we gotta take a step back, look at the gospel, look at, look at where the distortion came in and get back because we, we never move past the gospel. We only move deeper into it, right? We, we move deeper into what he's called us to do. We move deeper into relationship with him. We move deeper into what he's done. And, and if you've never had an encounter with Jesus, I want to encourage you today that that could be your story as well. If you've never accepted Jesus, if you don't even believe in Jesus right now, this can be your story too, because Jesus still came. He still sacrificed for you. And, and, and so you can have a life-changing encounter with him today. You can leave radically different than, than what you came in. And that's for anybody. You know, you came into this place, I love God, but I'm dealing with something. You can have this story today because the greatest thing, listen to me, church, the greatest thing as far as sharing the gospel that you have is your testimony. Your testimony, your story, right? You can, you can have a life-changing encounter. You can leave here different, and, and, and then you can go out and share the gospel because you have your story. And, and what I've got here, I want you to listen to me, is that one of the greatest things that you can ever do for the sake of gospel is to share your story, right? You don't have to know it all. You don't have to know the Bible inside and out. You don't have to take theology classes. You don't have to do any of this stuff. What you have to do is pull up a chair next to somebody, six feet, of course, six feet, pull up a chair next to somebody and just start to share your story. That's what Paul's doing here, right? I, I, I was trapped in sin. Let me tell you who I used to be. I used to be this person. I used to be this person. Then Jesus found me. My life has been different every since. Share, share your story. And Here's why. The reality is, is that people can argue against the Bible with you all day. They can argue against history. They can argue against your theology. They can argue with that. But you know, they cannot argue about your story. They can't argue your story. They can't look at you and see who you were before Jesus and then look at the person who's been changed by the grace of Jesus and, and not argue with that. Amen? Your story, you've been changed by Jesus Christ. And, and, and so Paul is saying to the Galatians, I need y'all to know I'm not who I used to be. I need you to know that I was a Pharisee. I was the best of the best at being a religious person I knew the Old Testament backwards and forwards. Um, I mean, highly religious, right? He was a highly moral man. See, that's a big thing is morality. 
You know, he was a highly moral man. That's what you got to understand. See, we know Paul as the murderer of Christians because we're Christians. But you got to understand from Paul's point of view, he was the best, right? Like if you think of your favorite pastor, your favorite preacher, your favorite, you know, the ministry, like this was Paul spearheading this. Paul was saying, hey, I'm moving I'm busting this thing wide open. I'm going to do exactly what I believe God's called me to. So that he wasn't this, this dirty, evil person. He was zealous for God, highly religious, highly moral. And listen, man, religion, it cannot save you. It cannot save you. Paul says, I used to be a violent persecutor of God's church. I made it my life's mission to hunt down Christians that I saw as a threat to Judaism. And and listen, Paul was going on a a Christian hunting trip, right? How how crazy is that? You could think about Paul, the, the, the day that he was called, he was on a journey to go murder Christians. And Jesus found him on the road, knocked him, knocked him onto the ground, blinded him, And we all kind of know the story that that Paul was never the same there. And and I want to work through this because, man, this is really good Um, in verses 15 and 16. I, I believe it still applies to us today. He says, one, that he was set apart by God, that God called him by his grace and that they themselves have been called. Listen, he's saying that they themselves have been called. Again, if you know Christ, that's your story today. Then then Jesus says, or, or then Paul goes on and says that you've been called. And listen, little side note here. Jesus says this himself. He says that no one can come to the Father, or no one can come to me unless the Father first draws him. And and, and so Paul's reminding this, listen, first the Father has to do something in you because we're spiritually dead. Spiritually dead people cannot save themselves. Um, That's why I started thinking about this. I'm like, that's why people... When they start to feel the presence of God, you feel your heart start to get soft. You, you start to feel that, that loving conviction because can we just all agree that there's a huge difference when Jesus convicts you of sin and when somebody makes you feel guilty of it? When Jesus convicts you of sin, it spurs you on to, to be greater. It spurs you on to be closer to him. It spurs you on to be forgiven by him. And so he, he, he's saying that your heart soften. And this is why we provide such a safe place at church for people. I, I, I know you've probably heard me say it. You've heard Pastor Josh saying it, that we provide a safe place for people to come in and be impacted by God because that's what is going to bring about the change. We tell people about the gospel, then the Holy Spirit will draw them and set them free from that. Paul also goes on to recognize that God was pleased to reveal his son to him, right? Come on, I love this. This is a great reminder to us today that God takes joy in saving lost people. God takes joy in salvation. I need you to understand this today. God didn't save you out of an obligation. He saved you because he wanted to save you. He saved you because it pleases him to do so. That is really good news for every single one of us. Like, especially if you believe that God doesn't want you like I used to. You know, that God was just waiting. That God was just there waiting on, on me to make a mistake. Or, or maybe you believe that you might be too broken and that, that God doesn't want you because of all the things that you've done And I just want to tell you that it pleases God to radically change your life. And then lastly, what Paul is saying here as I close, band, you can go on up and start preparing to lead us in worship again. Paul recognizes that God saved him so that he can preach to the Gentiles, right? So 
Paul is recognizing here that God called him, gave him a job to do, gave him a, a, a purpose, gave him a, a vision, gave him a mission, and he gave us that same mission to go into the world, to go into all people groups. He's told us that very same thing that, that, that hey, I have a job. God's going to reveal Jesus to you. He's going to rescue you. It's all because of his glory. It's all because of his power. And, and here's the cool part. He's going to do all of that so that he can reveal himself, not just to you, but he can reveal himself through you and use you to further that. That's amazing, right? If you're struggling with not having a purpose today, can I just tell you that the gospel and Jesus Christ has already given you a purpose and he's already given you an amazing purpose. He, he's saying, hey, I'm gonna come and do this in you so that you can tell people about it and so that I can use you to do it in them, right? And if you take notes, I'd, I'd like you to write this down. It's, it's kind of the last couple of points. I want you to get this. No matter how good you are, you need grace. No matter how bad you are, God offers grace. And it's only by his grace that you can be set free. I want to read that again so you have time to write it down. It's up on the, the screens too. But no matter how good you are, you need grace. No matter how bad you are, God offers grace. And it's only by his grace that you can be set free. And the truth is, is no matter how good you are, no matter how bad you are, your life will never change until you receive the grace of God, right? Like you can do good. You can, you can do good things. You can be a moral person, but until you have that grace of God, your life will not change, right? And I know there's some of you that may be hearing this in this place today, watching online, and, and you, you have a really hard time believing this because you have too much confidence in you, <laughs> And I just, wanna, I just wanna tell you today, Paul is saying that, listen, if anybody could have confidence that I can earn salvation, it would have been me. I was the best. He says this several times that just in his letters. He, he's like, I'm the best. I was the best. You need to understand I was the best, but compared to Jesus, none of that matters. And so I believe that there's people right now that have a lot of confidence in yourself and your own abilities. And I just want to tell you that there's going to be a time when you're on a road thinking that you're doing something powerful and you're going to be impacted by Jesus. You're going to never be the same. Paul's saying that happened to me. But then there's others of us that don't have enough confidence in God, right? Don't have enough confidence in God. I've got I've to do something or what I've done is far too bad to outweigh what Jesus has done. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but I've, I've probably shared the gospel story a thousand times in two weeks. And one thing always at the end is Jesus paid it all for your sin. If you have a hard time believing in that today, can I just tell you, you can have this story of being impacted by Jesus, right? We're gonna end with verse 17. Paul talks about his solitude after salvation. Um, you know, a lot of people think that Paul, and myself included, the first time I, I kind of read the story of Paul and, and knew his, his story about how he was blinded and, and you know what Jesus told him to do and stuff like that, I thought that he pretty much got to work right afterwards, right? That, Paul, that Jesus saved Paul and then Paul got to work. But that's not true. Jesus saved Paul and then Paul says that he spent three years in solitude. He had an encounter with Jesus, went away and spent time with Jesus. Just him and Jesus. Right here, during those three years, much of Paul's doctrine was probably shaped. His theology 
was shaped, his ideas, the way he ministered, the way he looked at God, the way he viewed the gospel. And as I'm reading this, I start to see that there seems to be this relationship between solitude and a solid understanding of God's grace, which would mean that if you spend little to no time in solitude with Jesus Christ and, and growing with Jesus Christ and his spirit, you're going to have a really hard time believing in the full grace of God. And I just wonder if that's the problem for some of us today, right? We've let life, the busyness of life, the, the people, the, the things that we love, right? I have a great life. I, I think I have a great family. I, 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 thankfully, I've had some really awesome mentors in my life that, that have helped me make good decisions. And, and our life is, is, is exactly where I wanted it to be as far as like looking at the nuclear family right now. You know, it, it, it's exactly what I wanted it to be. But sometimes even that good and that noise and that busyness can keep you from truly meditating and truly getting alone with the Lord. And so I want to ask you today, don't answer, don't raise your hand. I just want to ask you, do you have that solitude? I'm not saying go lock yourself in a wilderness. Listen, I'll go crazy. If I don't have barbecue and some sweets, I will lose my mind in the wilderness. I'm just going to tell you, I'm not Jesus. I couldn't have done 40 days uh, with no food. Because first time, listen, first time somebody would have offered me bread, just being honest, right? You know, um, but that solitude of spending time with Jesus, we, we spend little to no time meditating on the gospel, meditating on, on the power of what Christ has done for us, little Little to no time thinking about what he wants us to do for other people, pressing into Jesus, the person at the heart of the gospel, right? And this is where I want to end today. It's the end of chapter one. He said that he went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown. What? Who said it? Did somebody correct me? I didn't know. I heard something... Somebody corrected me. Say it. I'm not mad. I need to know the right, the right way to say that. Did I say it wrong? Nobody. I'm losing my mind. Great. Maybe somebody else should do this. No? It, it was God. It was God. Thank you, Lord. Right? <laughs> um, listen, besides my terrible pronunciation and me losing my mind up here on stage, um, here's what I want you to get. He says that he was unknown by face to the churches of Judea, which were already in Christ. These are Christians. They're already Christians. They don't even know who Paul is by his face. They had only heard that he who persecuted us in times past now preaches the faith which he once destroyed. Listen to that. He who persecuted us in times past preaches the faith which he once destroyed. I want to ask you again, do you think that there is anything worse that you've ever done than tried to destroy the faith of Jesus? tried to destroy the movement of Jesus, the church of Jesus, the, the gospel of Jesus, the, the faith which he wants destroyed. And then this is where I want to close today. And they glorified God because of me. They glorified God because of me. They heard my story. They saw what Jesus did in me. They knew that I couldn't do it myself. And when they saw that, they praised God because of me. And so here's what I want to ask you this morning. This is going to be a tough question to answer. But has your life been so changed by the gospel and the grace of Jesus Christ that people are looking at that change in you and they're seeing the person who you used to be and they're seeing the person that you are now? Are they giving 
God glory for you? Are they praising God for you because they know that you couldn't have done that? So there has to be a powerful grace that came in and, and, and changed that. Is there anybody today that would say, I know that there's people praising God because of that change? And I want to tell you today, church, that the only explanation for that is the gospel, right? If you would bow your head and close your eyes. As we kind of wrestle around with that question, is, is there something, is someone praising God for you? I, I want you to hear me, church. I'm not talking about like they're praising God because you're a good person or they're praising God because they love you. Like I'm not, I'm not asking you if you have any friends today. What I'm asking is, is there enough difference in the person you were before Christ and the person you are now that they can look at you and give God praise because of that change and see the gospel in you? If there's not, there can be. There can be, right? And so I want to ask you to, today, I want you to wrestle with this. When was the last time you were truly impacted by the gospel and grace of God, right? Maybe you're like me, you've been around church for a long time and you say that you believe the gospel, but you're still working for that approval from God. You're, you're so busy trying to earn what Jesus has already paid for you, right? And so what's happened is all that hard work is clouding the once visible grace that you had in your life, the, the once visible difference the, 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 all of the hard work is clouding the move and the time that you could be in solitude with Jesus. Or, or maybe you're like, well, I'm good enough. I don't, I don't really need grace. I'm a good person or I'm way too bad, right? He's not going to give grace to me. And you're getting the results that you've always gotten. You're getting the same results that you've always gotten. My news for you today is that that can change. So when we have a time like this, I wanna ask a couple of questions just to give people the, the opportunity because I never wanna talk about the gospel without giving the opportunity for someone to accept the gospel. So I'm not going to drag this out. I'm not going to run it out or, or anything like that. But listen, if you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, will you just raise your hand? Nobody else is looking around. Just me, just very private moment. I don't want to, I want to make sure I'm not mistaken. If just lift up your hand, I see that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, guys, this is what it's all about. God doing a powerful thing that none of us deserve so that we can be with him. Second question I want to ask is if you're in the room and this is you, like your, your hard work trying to earn and, and trying to appeal God and walking around. And, and what you find is that you're bound up or you're found that you don't really ever get to share the gospel because you're constantly just trying to hold on to it yourself. If that's you, raise your hand in this place. I see that hand. Thank you. That's you. couple more seconds. All right. If you would just stand all over this, this building. You can just stay where you are. Don't have to come up front. I'm not going to call anybody out or embarrass anybody. But here's what I want you to do. And everybody joining us at home, listen, if you made that decision to accept Christ for the first time, it's as easy as as acknowledging that you're a sinner and, and praying 
for forgiveness and repenting of that sin and accepting the free gift of God, right? And so we're gonna do that. We're gonna do that with you. We're gonna pray with you. Just start to use your own words. And and those of you at home, do that, man. Let's get behind our, our brothers and sisters. Let's support them because I can tell you that heaven right now is thrown into a party because of this. And so we should too, amen? Father God, thank you for your grace and your power that that reaches through what we've got going on in our life and you found us where we are, Lord, and you, you said, hey, I died so that you don't have to deal with this, God, but thank you for going even further and saying that you draw us and you call us, God. I pray right now, first of all, just start to lift up your voices, church. I pray that... Lord, for those that that made a first-time commitment to you, Lord Jesus, let them realize the power of what your gospel does and what your grace does. What, What your calling does, let them realize that it's not about trying to work your way. It's, it's out of the love that you have that we can be drawn into you and we are changed because we love you and we grow closer to you, God. Lord, and I bind out any gospel distortions from coming in and trying to cloud up what you're doing. I I, I bind out any voices right now from saying, you know, coming and discouraging. We rebuke it right now, Lord. And we give you honor and glory because it all belongs to you, Lord. If that, if that was you that raised your hand to accept Christ for the first time, I want, I want you to just pray a prayer. You don't have to necessarily repeat after me, but, but just pray that, first of all, you, you, you know that you're a sinner. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I know that I was a sinner, Lord, and I repent for my sins, and I thank you for your powerful grace, and I accept the gift that you've given to me, Lord. And now I pray that I walk in that freedom. I pray that I walk in the freedom that you came to give us so that I can do that freely and so that I can share with others what you've done for them. Can we just give God praise for what he's doing in this place, church? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace your salvation.